At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have an exciting topic today called the Seven Red Flags for Passive Investors. This is actually an article I wrote myself, and uh, it's on our website as well. So if you want to download this article and read it for yourself, it's an easy read. It's about four pages. We have some nice pictures in, uh, in here. But I'm going to go through it verbally right now and explain in this podcast. We'll talk about seven red flags for passive investors. So thanks for joining us here on the Passive Cashflow Podcast. If you're listening, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube or Spotify or, or uh, Apple iTunes there. And of course, try to leave a uh, review as well. We appreciate any feedback, uh, different topic suggestions and guest suggestions as well. We're always looking to come up with great new topics here on the Passive Cashflow Podcast and keep following us for a new episode every single week. All right, so let's break into it here. Seven red flags for passive investors. See, these days, passive investors have so many different options of where to park their capital, where to invest their hard-earned capital to make sure it's producing returns for them long-term for them and their family so they can build legacy wealth. There's tons of operations popping up online, different syndicators in different states with different strategies and track records. And uh, I'm going to go over the seven most important things I look for when I'm deciding to invest uh, passively. And also, as an operator myself, what other people are looking for generally in the public and things I'm being asked myself. So first of all, take a look at the operator or the syndicator's track record. Okay. What have they accomplished in the past? What are they recently accomplishing? And what type of returns are they getting to their passive investor groups? Um, are they accomplishing their initial targets? Are they doing better than initial targets? Are they just accomplishing them or, or are they blowing them out of the water by many, many percentage points? Um, you know, not every deal is gonna be a home run, so you wanna take a look at a number of deals they've completed, full cycle, ideally buy, renovate, and refinancing the property successfully or by renovating and reselling the property successfully. We've done that with apartment complexes. We prefer to refinance, but hey, selling them's not such a bad idea either. Although, of course, I prefer not to sell my real estate because then I lose my cash flow machine and my equity growth machine and my tax write-off machine. So I like to hold on to real estate and refinance it. That's what we do for our passive investors. But look at that track record, understand their track record, whatever their strategy and their goal was in that project initially, did they accomplish it? And did they do much better than targeted, right? So take a look at that and make sure you get proof of that as well. Here's the second red flag I look for when investively, passively investing or what I, I hear from our other passive investors as well. You wanna make sure uh, there's transparency in your operator. And if there's a lack of transparency, that is a red flag. Uh, I like to send out monthly updates to our investors with exactly what's going on with the property and documents to support that as well. Um, it's so important that when you are investing with an operator that they have a certain scheduled update to you. 
it doesn't have to be every month. Maybe it is quarterly. I would personally prefer monthly, but you know, different investments call for different times of updates. So even a quarterly update's okay, but make sure it's very in-depth. Make sure it has some update supporting documents, maybe pictures or videos or rent collection reports, um, and also your financials. Um, you should be getting quarterly financials no matter what on the investment you're in. Okay, updates can, I know certain people do weekly updates. I think that's a little much. Uh, for the most part, monthly updates are generally what people are looking for, and that tends to be market standard. So try to find a company that does at least monthly updates that are backed with supporting documents and in-depth information. Um, if the uh, updates you're getting is, are not transparent or the operations of the firm are not transparent, maybe they can't tell you exactly how they do certain things. Now, I'm not saying get all their you know, in, intellectual capital and there's uh, tricks of the trade. You know, Some companies want to hold that close to the belt. But as far as the transparency and a lot of the people they use to run their business, the systems they use, um, past investors, past performance, um, activity in the investment you're invested in or the project you're invested in, this has to be transparent, has to be clear, it has to be consistent, and those updates to investors, um, if they're missed, then that's really not okay. So you wanna make sure you're invested with people that are consistent in their updating and their transparency, and if there's a lack of transparency, I would not invest with that operator. Here's the third red flag I look for before investing passively in real estate. Uh, a new strategy or a market for the operators. See, one of the things people really like about us here, People's Capital Group, is we're kind of tried and true. We invest in New Jersey, we've been doing this 10 years, we have an in-house property management company, we help people invest in apartment buildings in New Jersey. That's our business model. Listen, maybe one day we'll expand to additional states or markets. Maybe one day we'll expand to additional strategies as well. We do some ground-up development. We've fixed and flipped houses. We've wholesaled houses. But right now, we're focused on helping people invest in real estate. Now, it's not to be said that if a really successful company goes out and does a, a new market, they're going to be unsuccessful in that market. Um, or maybe a, a company that does, you know, repositioning of apartment buildings like us is now going to start doing warehouses, right, or daycares or something like that. So it's not necessarily they're going to fail at that strategy or it's even a bad strategy. I know a lot of people are getting into car washes now, for example, uh, self-storage, right? So a new strategy can be entertaining and it could be good. a good strategy. It could be successful. But, hey, if you're getting into a new strategy or a new market for operators, just because they were successful in a different market with a different strategy doesn't mean they're going to be successful in this market with this strategy, right? So if we were going to go to a new market, and let's say Seth Martinez, my business partner, and I, all of a sudden we want to start investing in Miami. Well, we'd have to have a pretty darn good plan, right? We have our boots on the ground here in New Jersey. We have our in-house property management company. We have our service providers, our contractors, our independent contractors. We know the people we're going to use and the service providers we're going to use to fix and flip and, and renovate these properties and lease them up for top dollar. And that's really important. And we have tested those service providers and we have staff in place to do these operations. And that's extremely important. And that's why people like investing in us and with us. However, if we're going to go to a new market, which of course is a discussion we have from time to time, and a new strategy also, we're going to need to put new people in place. We're going to need to have infrastructure in place, boots on the ground, good service providers, a reason to go into that new market, a very concrete attractive, smart, well-thought-out, long-term strategy 
reason to go into that market or to go into that new piece of real estate um, or whatever the new strategy is. And if that reason makes sense and if that infrastructure is in place, then yes, those operators are likely to be successful with that new strategy or that new market. But if that's not in place and the operator can't clearly explain to you why they're going into this market or why they're doing this new strategy and why this is a better strategy or a better market than what they've been doing for years, then understand why, right? What's the reasoning behind it? If they can support that, then maybe it's okay to go into a new market with operators or complete a new strategy with operators. So I wouldn't let this red flag here necessarily prevent me from investing in an operator, but I would definitely ask more questions and it would provoke me to say, hey, maybe I'll get invested in one of your deals in the New Jersey market where you're tried and true and you have your systems in place. And then once I'm earning returns on that investment, I'll get uh, in, I'll get more comfortable with you and I'll do your new strategy or your new market. So that might be a good comfort zone for you and your investment goals. Number four, red flag that would prevent me from investing as a passive investor. So my fourth red flag is if the operator is assuming the best. Right? It's not easy to project 5, 10, 15 years down the road, and no one has a crystal ball. So Seth Martinez and I, when we're looking at these opportunities, we do everything in our power, everything in our experience to analyze the property and make conservative projections. We have to assume certain things. We have to assume there's a certain level of inflation, that rent does grow at a certain rate, um, You know that expenses are going to go up as rent goes up. But what is the rate everything goes up, right? If dollar, if, if rent increases by a dollar, my expenses aren't gonna increase by a dollar. That doesn't make sense. But maybe they'll increase by 30 or 40 cents, right? Every property's a little different. Um, if inflation's at 8% right now, I don't want to assume inflation's gonna be at 8% for the foreseeable future. That's a ridiculous assumption. We assume inflation's at its 100-year average of one to 2%. Okay, so we take long averages and assume those. If a, if a market like Hudson County, we're buying a 21 unit in Bayonne, New Jersey right now in Hudson County, New Jersey, very high demand market, rents grow by 10, 15% a year there sometimes. We're not gonna assume rents grow by 10 to 15% a year. It's been a few good years, right? We're not gonna assume those projections out for five, 10, 15 years if that continues, but we will assume some type of general historic market growth for that market that's appropriate. So projections in themselves need, are required for operators to give you a targeted return on investment. So we want to you know, be comfortable with projections and targets from our operators, but we also want to make sure they're not assuming the best, right? High inflation, high property growth, high rental growth for years to come indefinitely, right? Cap rates not fluctuating, cap rates not going up a small amount. Uh, assuming that interest rate they're going to get is super low or very advantageous. So you want to have certain assumptions that you know, you're going to run into headwinds. Inflation's not going to be really strong forever. Rent growth's not going to be super strong forever. Uh, whatever we've seen in the last two years, you don't want to replicate that for the next 10 years because we've seen an anomaly. We've seen the market really grow very, very strong due to the pandemic, kind of boosting the market and the desire and the property values. And now we want to assume actually the market kind of slows down a little bit, or at least the growth slows down, right? So that'd be a safe assumption. Assuming growth is super strong for many years, high inflation is assuming the best. And if your operator is doing that, run the other way. That's a red flag. Here's my fifth red flag for passive investors. 
no references, okay? Now, it's not actually that common for people to ask us for references. Um, I will have people do it that have just met us online or maybe they're investing uh, over $200,000, right? Then generally they'll ask for references. Um, but for the most part, once you're an established uh, real estate firm, uh, real estate syndication fund, most people are going to go with more of your online uh, testimonials, your Google reviews, your video testimonials. You know, you can go on our website and find all that, or you can also go on Google and see we have over 20 reviews there, five-star reviews. So it's very important to understand that you know uh, asking for references is, is important. You want to make sure uh, if the uh, operator is not proven or kind of new or you're just getting to know them. Um, and they should be able to gladly hand over those references. In fact, I have a whole due diligence package that I can send to my investors with a little PDF that goes over our, um, our track record. Uh, I have references in there. I have different information about our, our company and just our strategy and our overall uh, vision statement. And of course, our performance, historical performance uh, for our investor group. So that's available to our investors upon request. And that I can send over to very quickly. So. If someone doesn't have references or they're pushing back against them or they give you references and they're all like family members or close friends, then that's a red flag as well. Um, if you call the references and don't get, of course, a positive glowing review, well, that's a red flag too because, I mean, the, of course, the only person you give references are people that are going to give you positive reviews. <laughs> So you want to make sure if it's a brand new uh, syndicator, somebody you're starting to work with for the first time, uh, don't be afraid to ask for those references and they should have them readily available. And make sure you actually call them and speak to a few of them. Uh, number six here, low credit score. So um, I've never actually asked for uh, an investor to, for my credit score, personal credit report. Um, but you know it's not a bad idea if it's someone that hasn't shown a, a proven track record, which is red flag number one, of course. Uh, but in this case, a low credit score is a huge red flag. If someone's having trouble getting a mortgage because of a low credit score or a, a syndicator you know uh, is not able to you know, obtain the right type of mortgage because of a low credit score or you ask for their credit score and they give it to you and it's low, that's a proof they're not paying their bills on time. So if someone's not paying their bills on time, there's a possibility they might not pay the mortgage on time that they acquire for the property you're buying together. So uh, a personal credit score is personal information. I rarely, rarely have people ask for this or proof of it. Obviously, I have a good credit score if I'm gonna acquire mortgages for a good rate. Um, but anyone getting started in the business that has a low credit score, big red flag right there. So here's my final red flag that would stop me from investing as a passive investor. The final red flag is that the operator does it all themselves. Right? Someone that says, oh, I don't need a management company. I'm going to go around, knock on doors and manage contractors and manage the whole building myself because we can save money that way. We don't have to pay a management company. Or I'm going to do all my, I'm going to do all the renovations myself. We're not going to hire a general contractor or subcontractors. I'm going to do all the work myself. I know how to do it. I have a book on how to do electrical work. Don't you worry about a thing. And we're going to save a ton of money if I do all the work myself. Now, for a small operator or a small group, that might sound really attractive. You know, maybe this person's willing to run around and do all the work themselves for free just because they're an equity owner in the building. Or maybe they charge like a really ridiculously low rate. But you pay for what you get, right? Electrical work, framing, heck, painting, cabinetry work, flooring. These could be actually tough things to do. I, most people can paint, but for the most, bottom line is, you know, a lot of the work we do on properties, it might sound simple. Installing a new vanity, tiling a shower, 
refinishing hardwood floors, updating a kitchen. Uh, but these are not things I do myself, right? Or Seth Martinez. We're not out there swinging a hammer, grinding the floors down. You don't want me refinishing cabinets. They're not going to come out well. And you're going to pay for what you get, right? If it's free labor, well, it's going to look like free labor. When you hire professionals and they do a good job, yes, you're going to pay for quality work. But you need to hire professionals to move the project along, get it done in the, a lot of time you need to get it done by, and budget for using those professionals. Budget for hiring a licensed electrician for electrical work. Because, hey, guess what? If you don't, you could burn the place down and end up in a lawsuit. Hire a plumber for plumbing work. Hire a, um, a good co a carpenter for you know framing, a good framer for framing or whatnot. Hire a good carpenter for cabinet work or whatever you're doing in the bathrooms and, and cosmetic work throughout the property. A good painter to do the painting and so on. Now listen, there's handyman I'm going to use for certain smaller jobs. And yeah, you can use like maybe a handyman to paint from time to time. But for the most part, you want to hire those professionals and make sure that the work is being done properly, legally permitted, and up to code and, and well done. So that when you go to show the unit to your prospective tenants, they're not like, I'm not renting this place, right? It has to look good, smell good, and, and be the right type of real estate for your tenants. So because a, ha a happy tenant equals a happy investor. So when you're talking to an operator, he might say, listen, I'm the best operator because I do it all myself. I don't hire attorneys or accountants or contractors. And because of that, we save tons of money and the proceeds go back to the investors and you're going to earn better returns with me because I do it all myself. Well, what you're going to end up with is bad accounting, bad contractor work, bad legal work, and basically getting what you pay for. So when you're teaming up with operators, make sure they have the right professionals in place. Now, I don't, you know, try to pay top, you know, crazy prices. I don't try to break the bank here. Of course, we try to get service providers at good prices. Of course, we try to keep our project costs low, our SEC attorney costs low. But hey, when I'm filing a fund, I work with an SEC attorney. When I'm doing my year in accounting for my, my fund, I'm working with our CPA. When we need bookkeeping done, I have a full-time bookkeeper that comes to our office and we pay her an annual salary. These things need to be done by professionals. You don't want me doing the bookkeeping. I'm not good at bookkeeping. You don't want me doing the cabinet refacing. Those will come out terrible, right? So have the professionals do what they do best and have us do what we do best. And honestly, operators that try to do it all themselves do none of it well. So those are my seven red flags here when investing passively in real estate. Just to reiterate here, those red flags again were no track record, lack of transparency, new strategy or market for the operators, assuming the best with your projections, no references, a low credit score, and an operator who wants to do it all themselves. If you see any of those red flags when uh, reviewing a passive investment opportunity, I'd run the other way, or at least keep digging and see if there's any other red flags. Now, maybe if you find one or two of these red flags, again, a new strategy or a new market for a good operator could be a good opportunity. Well, you might want to look more into that. That's probably the one out of the seven here that could definitely be a red flag I, I look past and move forward on. But a lot of these other things are big red flags. You really want to be aware of them. And if the operators are doing any of them, I'm going to go the other way and invest with a different operator to make sure my wealth is protected and builds exponentially over time. 
So the most important thing is that you're comfortable with your operator, they give you a good feeling in your belly, and that their track record has a history of performance, most importantly. So if you want to learn more about our track record at People's Capital Group, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com and click on our past offerings. You can enjoy our webinars there, weekly podcast episodes, weekly blogs, and tons of content about how we help people invest in New Jersey apartment buildings and how we've been doing this for the last 10 years. So if you want to learn more about that, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com, digest our content there, and when you're ready, click that button that says register to invest, and that's going to allow you to connect with me, Aaron Fragnino, schedule a discovery call, and get on our qualified investor list so you can start reviewing investment opportunities presented by People's Capital Group and decide if we're a fit for your investment goals. It all starts at peoplescapitalgroup.com. Check us out there. And be sure to hit that subscribe button for more episodes of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. Have a good day.